This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, during the One Initiative, as we talked about as we gather on these Sundays, we're just simply taking a dive into six key words that are, I think, monumental for us just in our journey individually and as a house. And last week we talked about obedience, and obedience is key because Paul says in Romans that those who hear the Spirit of God and obey the voice of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. So there's a marking of identity as we are able to have this capacity to go, oh God, I hear you speaking to me, I hear you talking to me, asking me to do specific things, and I'm going to respond in that obedience. But how many of you know that that's just the beginning of what it looks like to actually really walk this thing out with the Lord? And so today I want to just take a few minutes and look at the word trust. Because obedience is just where we start things out and as, we, as we, we say, God, I'm committed, I hear you, I'm going for it. And how many of you know that circumstances come and things begin to transpire that maybe we didn't foresee and there's all kinds of things that go on in the inside of our hearts during those moments. And God, in that time and in that space, is asking us one question. You said yes to me, now will you trust me through the process? Can I get an Amen. That's what God is wanting to do, and he's wanting to take us all this morning to a new level of trust after obedience. These things kind of fall in line, and God is wanting us to trust him. What I want to do today is I actually want to talk about how there's this concept with God to trust him, but there's a reason for us being brought into that place of trust that's initiated by God. He is wanting us to trust him so that we can be entrusted with the things he wants to give us. So this isn't just about us going through challenging journeys in our life of trying to know and understand God and his ways. It's way bigger than that. He wants to bring us into a personal, intimate relationship with him where we trust him with all of our hearts. And then in that place, he can actually find us worthy, not in our own worth, but in his, to be entrusted with the things that he's called us to do. Everyone in this room, under the sound of my voice, God has a specific assignment for you. Your life was designed for a specific purpose. You're created in such a way by God, placed in the certain relationships that you have, in the occupation that you may find yourself in, around family members. You were raised in such a way that all of God's redemption is utilizing all of those realities to position you to do something great for him, which could be very, very simple. We're not talking about some, oh my gosh, what's my, what's my big, huge, massive calling here? What we know is, is that the call of God on all of our lives is to know him and to love other people, right? It's just that simple. So there you go. That's, God has designed you to love others, and out of loving other people, in your unique way, there's going to be an impact that you're going to leave on this world. I promise you. So here's just a couple of questions that I want to just take a look at today during our time together. And the first one is this. How does trust, how is trust relevant to actually knowing God? How is trust 
relevant to us actually knowing God? And the second one is this. How does trust in God position us actually to have a life of impact? So Holy Spirit, would you just give insight and understanding into your word? Would you open up our eyes to have the capacity to see and our ears to have the ability to hear you? Would you make your word plain to us this morning? Would you speak to us? Would you change us? We welcome you. You have your way from this moment forward as you've been doing this entire gathering. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. You know, one of the things when I was preparing for today, the Lord said, I want to give my people confidence. He said, I want to give you, and you, and you, and you, and you, all over this room, those that are watching online, those that will listen to this message later, he wants to give you confidence. Confidence. But it's not just any kind of confidence. It's a confidence in him. A confidence in God, okay? And by the way, I believe this is one of the the biggest things that the adversary is trying to do in the earth today is to tear down a road, human beings' confidence in this one that we call God, the Father. And here's the reason why he wants you to have confidence in him so that we can move forward into the next season that he has for us. Trust me, I, I, I just believe this with every fabric of my being, We, not only just the harbor, again, the collective body of Christ is getting ready to move into a new season, but in order for us to effectively move into that new season, we have to have confidence in what God is doing, in who he is, and what he is up to in this moment in human history. I looked up the definition of confidence, and it says a relation of trust, or even further, intimacy. Question this morning for all of us, are we 100% confident that God is with us? Are we confident that God is positioning us to change the world? The other day I was visiting with some folks in the lobby after one of our gatherings and someone said to me, "Um, how do you do it? And I knew what they were asking. They were like, "How how do you manage right now in the challenges of this particular moment as we're getting ready to cross over a threshold into a new season? How do you do it? And my answer, which I didn't give at the time, is that, I'll share it with you today, is that Wendy and I have been down this road before. Maybe you've never been down a road like this. Maybe you've never been stretched in a way that God is wanting to build up your confidence in God, give you an ability to trust him in a way that maybe you've never trusted him. But this is what he's up to in all of our lives. We've become familiar over the last 33 years together. I've been walking myself with the Lord for 35 years. 
by his grace, by his work in our lives, not our own, trust me, we, we, we come to the table that I'm talking about today in total weakness. There is, there is nothing in my own strength that I could boast in today that we've been able to do over our journey, 35 years of knowing him, 33 years of, of, of marriage, almost 30 plus years of ministry. There's, there's no way that we could have done this outside of the grace of God. But we've become familiar in a good way, with this ride called life and God. What, what do I mean by that? I want to give you just a couple of practical things, because this is really important for us to understand, like practical stuff. And here's what I've learned. Each time God's, God wants to shift me, shift Wendy, shift you from one season into another, here's what it feels like, okay? This is one example of what it feels like. And this is the best way I could articulate it with the language that that I have to use. And here's what, here's what it feels like to me. In my attempt to take a step forward, I feel like I'm actually taking two steps backward. Now that's completely counterintuitive to how we're designed as human beings, even the culture of this world. If you're moving into a new season and you're trying to take a step forward, there should be in the, you know, just the ability for you to not just take a step forward, but run with 10 steps beyond that. But in God, oftentimes, when we're being moved from one season into another season, it feels like, and I say that intentionally, it feels like. You're taking one step forward and two or four or ten or a hundred steps backward. There's a reason for that. God is drawing back his bow. He is, he is, he is, he's getting us ready to be able to be launched out in a way that we don't really understand so often. The other thing that I've experienced is in my own effort to figure out how to successfully navigate a new season and figure out a moment. How am I going to make it through this? Things actually get darker. And I feel myself having to fly blind, if that makes any sense. Fly completely in the dark. One time when I was... Over in Israel, it was, it was a small tour with just a few people. We were over there on an amazing trip. And when we got into the land, we, we discovered that there were these caverns outside of the city of Jerusalem. And so, you know, the guy that I was traveling with, he, it was his big, broad idea to say, like, let's go cave diving, like, right after we get off the plane. Well, that doesn't really work for me that well because I'm a fairly big guy and I don't like small places, if you know what I'm saying. I actually have a, a, a pretty severe... Um, uh, what is it called? Fetish of cl- not fetish. That's terrible. What am I saying? It's dark. Claustrophobia. I'm claustrophobic. That's what I was trying to say. I'm not trying to say I like to wear high heels. Come on, somebody. Okay, that's not where I was going with this. But so we get down in this cave, and it was a squeeze to get in. And then there was this big cavern. I was like, okay, this is better. And then my buddy's like, man, I want to go through this, this tunnel. And the guy that we were with, he said, no, like if you go down this tunnel, there's only enough room for you to make it to the end. And then you're going to have, there's a little place to turn around and then you're going to make your way back. But it's a pretty long crawl. And then that's when I checked out. Okay. I was like, man, go ahead and go on without me. 
And it was wild because they were using their cell phones as they initially curl in. It's amazing when you're in a, a cave like that, it's, it's so dark that the littlest piece of light just brightens up the entire room. Well, I didn't have my cell phone with me. So as they got further and further down the cave, I actually was in, ended up sitting in the most pitch dark experience that I ever had experienced in my entire life. And I was thinking, God, please translate me to where my friends are. Like, I'll go. I, I'll, I'll climb through the, the cave with them. Because I'm sitting there, couldn't see my hand in front of my face, and I'm thinking that I completely lost my mind. This is jet lagged. This is all the stuff going on. And I just sat there going, is this real? Like... But that's how I feel sometimes when I shift from one season into another. I feel like, man, I'm trying to figure this out. How, how's this going to go? And I feel like I'm sitting in the dark alone oftentimes. But here's the encouraging thing that we've learned over our journey thus far, and I'm sure we'll continue to learn. Each season of transition or a season of trust, let's call it that, builds upon the other previous seasons for there to be greater capacity for us to believe God. That's the fruit. That's the prosperity of of these moments. And God is this beautiful orchestrator of, of these realities in our lives because he loves us. He wants to see us grow. He wants to see us step into the dreams that, that he's placed on the inside of our heart. And so each subsequent season builds upon the previous season. Seasons of trust, I call them. I just want to reference, you know, out in the lobby, and I don't say this is a sales pitch, because if I make back a quarter of the money that we've invested into that book, it'll be a miracle. But the reason I have it out for you last week and today and maybe for the few next weeks that it's not even, it's not even been launched yet or, or uh, I don't know, released. Yeah, there's been no release yet. But the reason I, I felt to, to make it available for our community is there's stories within this book of our journey. And what I hope for you as you would read the book is that you wouldn't just see our story or some of the elements of our journey, but you would actually be reminded of your own. And then in being reminded of your own, you could look back and see that there were different seasons. And now all the lives that are in this room and all the people that are going to come in the future days, there's an intersection of these stories and we're moving collectively into God's greater story. This isn't about Pastor Darren or some other person. It's about God's people actually being brought into his story, which is history, right? His story, history, and it's a moment where God is positioning us to see something great. But there's seasons of trust that we've all in this room walked through, I'm sure. If I were to go around and sit with you and have you tell me your story, I'm like, well, that was a season. There was another season. I remember when we left the business world, which is what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. Some of you know the story. I was mentored by Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, out of, out of university and had just a, a, an amazing experience working for him and then transitioned into another corporate role. And in that role, um, I told Wendy, because I, I just, after an experience overseas on a mission trip where Jehovah Sneaky got a hold of me, you know, I was like, man, I just lost my heart for what I'm doing. And Wendy's like, I, I told her, I said, I think I'm going to get fired from this job. I just don't have it in me anymore to do what I'm doing. And she actually said to me, she said, you're going to get offered a promotion. 
And that's exactly what happened. Like, the biggest promotion of my life. Like, if I could show you all the dollars, you know, zeros on that promotion, like, it was nuts. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? We actually went to Columbia, South Carolina uh, to see her family. And while we were there, I ended up going to a random church that I found in in the Yellow Pages. And this guy that was speaking ended up calling me out of the audience, and he said, God's got you in a new season right now. And a promotion, this is crazy, and I've never had this happen before this moment. He said, there's a promotion that's been given to you, but that's not the road that you're going to go down. God's going to move you to a city that he'll reveal in due time because he's, his training harness is upon you for other things that he wants you to do. So I ended up taking a trip down to Dallas, Texas, where we were going to go to Bible school. And I'm, I'm ashamed in some ways to say this, but when I was there and walking across this campus, I was kind of sizing everybody up, you know, like how we kind of, you know, we size, we don't realize we do this, but we size people up. We make judgments about people that we have no clue about who they are, by the way they look, by the way they carry themselves, by the, you know, the shoes that they have, all that kind of stuff. And so I was kind of in one of those moments. And then we go into the, the, the orientation of, of, of the, the weekend that I was down there visiting and, um, worship began and I'll never forget this as long as I live. The presence of God came into that room in worship in the strongest way I've ever experienced in my entire journey with Jesus up to that point, put me on the floor. And the Lord then speaks to me as I'm down on the floor. He said, how dare you judge my end time warriors that are sacrificing everything for me here. You're going to look at their shoes, Darren. You're going to look at their clothes. You don't, you have no idea what I'm up to. I was like, Oh God, like Peter, like I'm a, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. We didn't know what that journey was going to look like. I started, you know, this was embarrassing, but I was like, man, I need money for Bible school. I had a corporate car at the time with one of those 30-foot uh, cell tower uh, antennas coming off of This is going back a ways, okay? Beepers were just phasing out, and cell service was coming in. A bag phone, okay, if you guys remember the bag phone. All right? Bag phone, it was like $100 a minute to make a call on these cell phones, and they were like the size of like a, a, a small satellite that you were holding to your head, okay? But by day, I would be corporate guy, and by night, I'd put the Pizza Hut sign on the top, and I was pizza delivery boy. Listen, I could tell you some stories of what goes on with pizza deliveries after 11 p.m. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you don't want to know. And in that time, like, I can't get to all that. There's so many parts of our journey. I, was, I had like four here to share. But what I remember most about this season is I was trying my best like to get prepared. And have you ever been in one of those moments and then all of a sudden your car breaks? You have an insurance increase in price. Your, your AC goes out and you're just sitting there going, oh Lord, like I'm out here trying my best to get positioned for this next season. And he's like, I need you to trust me. I remember when we went down, we, we, I, I was trying to raise the money that we had for tuition, and we ended up getting there, and I didn't have a penny to pay for our school costs. Not one. And that's, like, do you understand how crazy this is? You load up a moving van 
You got your wife and your young daughter at the time. Wendy was pregnant with Jesse, our middle child, about to go into labor. And you're in a moving van, moving to a place to go to school, and you don't have a penny of the tuition that you're supposed to pay for school after delivering pizzas all summer. Because of all the things that broke down in my life during that time. We get into the campus, and there was a, 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 a homeless guy that had a bottle of whiskey, took, takes a swig out of it, and he busts the bottle of whiskey off the side of our moving truck. This was my baptism into Dallas. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? We walk in. Wendy had never been to the campus before, actually. I never even took her down. Don't try that at home as a married man, Okay. Like, show your wife where you're going to go and take her and make sure her heart is good and that she's feeling okay with the move. I did none of those things because no one told me to. I was never taught about these things. So after the, the, the moving van gets crushed with the, the, the bottle of whiskey, I'm like, babe, it's going to be awesome. We're the only ones that got a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. I can't wait to show you our beautiful home. And when we walk up the stairs, turn on the lights, there must have been... 50,000 roaches everywhere. It was actually one of the biggest roach infestations in Christ for the nation's history. The Bible school that we were going to. And I saw my wife just fall to her knees and begin to weep. And I'm asking God, what have you done to me? Ten steps back, in the darkness, what are you doing? There's a beautiful scripture that just for the few minutes that we have remaining, I want to just read over you. That is more profound than we think. The writer of Proverbs, here's what he says. Wendy actually read this this morning, and when she does those kind of things, I know that it's going to be a good day because it's like, whoa, we're in sync because I didn't tell her what I was talking about. And she reads this very scripture in prayer this morning. But here's what he says. He says, trust, everybody say trust. Trust and rely confidently. There's that word. On the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely upon your own insight or understanding. The definition for that would be self-reliance. We've been programmed in our beautiful country to be self-reliant people. It's one of the reasons we're so strong as a country. But there's, there's a weakness in our strength when it comes to following God into new seasons. You think and I think that we're going to get it done and we're going to get from here to there in our own effort. And it's the farthest thing that we can actually do. And God's made it that way in his design. So trust in the Lord. Here's what the word trust means. It means to quickly move to a, to a place of refuge. What is he talking about? He's saying, if you're going to go into a new season, and the one that I have planned for you, you've got to be in spiritual family. You've got to be connected because it's going to be your lifeline through this process. We are such individuals in this country. We have individualized everything. We think that, man, this is about us. It's about, it's a me, me, me kind of world. Listen, in the kingdom of God, it is not a me, me, me world. God is is saying, like, I'm moving you into a new season. You better get connected to your tribe because it's going to take those relationships 
to sustain you through what you're going to walk through in the beauty of what I have planned for you. The second thing that he says is to rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. The heart here, the word means intellect, will, or feelings. In other words, you can't rely on what you think, how you feel, or how you're to respond to a particular circumstance that you're walking through. You are to respond to God and what he's doing and him alone. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, the next verse. I want to read this quickly. And he says, in all your ways, know, and that word is the word trust. So trust God. By knowing God, you trust God. And I'm not, I'm not please don't hear any condemnation of this because there's none intended. But to actually say you know God and not to trust God, you actually don't know God, Okay. I'm just putting it plain, like you either know the Lord and you trust the Lord or there's some work that still needs to be done, as it is in all of us. Even if you say, I know God, I trust God. There's deeper levels of trust. Did you understand that? There's deeper layers of trust in this relational thing called the kingdom of heaven. In all your ways, trust me and acknowledge and recognize him versus the circumstances going on around you. Can we be honest as the church? How affected are we by circumstances instead of by God himself? If we, I'm telling you, there is so much more to the Lord that he wants us to experience. And when you experience in the, him in these kind of ways, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like over-spiritualize this, but I'm telling you, your circumstances will, will just become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You'll get lost in him to where, man, those things are not really affecting you like they used to. Circumstances are dictating the agenda of this world, and it's leveraged big time right now against the church. We are to be otherworldly. This is not our portion to be affected by circumstances. Do you understand? Is this okay or is this too much this morning? A little heavy? He'll make your path straight. You know, the language here, you got to study this. This is where the Bible gets really cool. He's, he's talking about path straight like he's, he's, it's, it's, it's language around like a caravan. Have you, I've never been, I've never ridden a camel. Anybody here ever ridden a camel? Okay, wow, we got some camel riders in the room. Holy cow. What? There's like 15 people in the room that have ridden a camel. How was that? How was the ride? How was, how was it being seated that high? Was it fun? But, you know, camels are interesting creatures, right? And the band can come up. Camels are designed in such a way to store water to get through a dry land. Like, it's normally like the carav- caravans are like where the spice trade stuff, you know, is over there in, in, in that part of the world. But what he's saying is, like going back to the community thing, you need to link up behind some other people and be positioned. I I put this, proper alignment with others and with leadership is paramount in the times that we're coming into. 
And I don't say that heavy-handedly. I think leadership has been so abused in the church, it's made people, you know, suspicious and skeptical of it. What's their agenda? What are they trying to do? They're trying to control me. And it's, it's, it's horrible that that's gone down. But I'm telling you, in the days to come, there is going to be family that we're going to need where we get so lost in God with one another. And then when the tough times come, we begin to caravan through those dry wilderness seasons. Riding upon... The water of God that will be given to us to sustain us in those dry moments. It's important to understand that along this desert road, God is not distant and promises to help us find our way home. I want to read this verse as we close. I've got, this is, I think I'm in my intro right now, the message. Come on, somebody. But it is what it is. Jesus said in John chapter 12... Verse 46, he says, I have come as a light. We're talking about a burning one here. We're talking like the, the word light here can't even describe Jesus. Like this is the light that shone forth in the darkness. The one who, when he was crucified upon that cross, went down not only just into hell, but into the depths of hell. Come on. You guys know when you look around the world, there is such darkness. There's so many things going on. Can you imagine Jesus himself, the anointed one, ascended right into the abyss of all of that? And he says, I have come as a light. The darkness could not overcome or take, overtake him. And here's the reason why. So that all, this is an invitation this morning, all who put their trust in him will no longer remain in the dark. Oh, God, what are you doing? What's happening? What's going on with the economy? What's going on with politics? What's going on with the, what, you know, what, Lord, what's happening here? No, he's going to show you exactly what he's up to. I love how he personalizes this. He says, for when you see me, you're seeing the one who sent me. Let's break that down quickly because we've got to go. What do you mean, Jesus, when you've seen me? What are you talking about? There's there's a Jesus-type person sitting maybe right next to you or in front of you or on this side of the room. There's people all around that are carrying the light of God's presence, and the Lord will use those people in your heart to show you himself some of my darkest moments in this recent season. You know where God has shown himself strong to me? Through other people. And I'm, I'm like before, we thought, oh man, we'll harbor, we're, we're going we're gonna to save the whole world ourselves. That's garbage. No. We have a part to play. We need to get connected to other people that we can run together in this moment because it's the only way that we're going to get through and see the capacity that God wants to build in us with trust and the actual influence that we're going to have in the world through the fruit that he's going to see through our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.